0: Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, game 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. It's a holiday weekend, so we can't thank you enough for making us a part of your weekend, especially your Sunday morning here. And guess what? We lost a bet, so we're going to be with you tomorrow morning. (laughs) Is that that why? Well, not really. We didn't lose a bet, but we will be with, with you on Memorial Day morning. Um... Sitting in for uh, John and Hugh, so we just want to give you prepared here. Uh, we're going to talk some NBA later on. We're working on our guests. We got them. We couldn't be more excited about this. I'm gonna even. Say, I'm so excited. I'm gonna say my good morning to when we do it before J- Deshaun. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that? That. Is, is he ready to go? He's ready to go. We want to welcome an all-time great uh, Atlanta Brave, the man. Actually, I have got time to talk to him about them short pants on the south side of Chicago. He might have had to wear with the white Sox. <laughs> but uh, we want to welcome Ralph Garr on the Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Good morning, Mr. Garr. Yes, how you doing? Ralph, we, we are doing fine, and Sam and I we've we, we sort of spaced out the questions we have because we got a million of them for you so we don't have time for all that so I've been given the, the first one here and I want to set this up by saying to you you and I met we actually spent a week together actually yes, a, cu- sir. a, a <laughs> couple weeks together years ago at the fantasy camps that you used to go to okay exactly and um I, the, the one I went to the first time I met you you said something during that fantasy camp that has stayed with me and I have said repeatedly on the air. And it was a conversation because everybody comes up and asks you about your time with the Braves and by extension with Hank Ar- with, <laughs> with Hank Aaron. Okay? Right. And you said, you told a story that in describing Hank Aaron to everybody, he didn't say much. He was one of these guys who led on the field, but when Hank spoke, you know, it was something that was important. And you told the story of this one young player. I don't know if he was a rookie or not, but he was in the in the Locker room, everybody was doing what they were doing, but this guy was just kind of cutting up, maybe playing some music, and Hank, I guess had had enough, and said, young man, and as you told the story, you said that when Hank said, young man, everybody stopped and was paying attention to what he had to say, and he said, you know, the only thing worse than being wrong is being loud and wrong. Is that true? And do you remember telling those
2: yeah, stories? Yeah, I remember all that. But he that's the way he was. He he just he he didn't say too much, but when he did say something, it meant something. And it and it stuck with the kid and everything. So that's what I'm saying. He was such a mentor for the game of baseball, period. All over, you know, and about and talk about how great of a off of a baseball player, but he was even a better human being. And he was a wonderful ambassador for the Braves because every young man that came into the Braves organization, they didn't have to be black or minority or white, or whoever they were. When they were the part of the Braves organization, Hank, everyone was there to try to encourage them as much as possible to try to put them in the best position he could for them to succeed as far as being a great a baseball player and a good citizen.
1: Well, we're to be spending some time this morning on the com hotline with Ralph Gard. Number 48, uh, for the for the Atlanta Braves. Still involved with the Braves and still keeping an eye on this year's team. And something very special happened yesterday. A young man in Michael Harris uh, skipping AAA to come and join this baseball team. And he's a product of the area. I don't know if you had a chance to watch him yesterday, but thoughts about having a young person who grew up in the Atlanta area get a chance to take the field and be a part of this team.
2: That just shows you how great it is to be. You know what the odds of raising a young man through, in the Braves. Uh, you know the Braves signed him and raised him. Come through the uh, Marquise Grissom School there in Atlanta, which the Braves and Major League Baseball. Marquise Grissom is, is a cornerstone for helping young ball players there in the in, in the Atlanta area. He runs an outstanding program, and it even. Major League Baseball participates with him, even the Atlanta Brave participate with him. And when I go there I try to do as much as I can to help support him as much as possible because he do a tremendous job there in Atlanta and it's it you know how hard it is to bring a kid all the way up through the school and then he become a quality prospect and then he get a start in the major league? God is good. That's a wonderful thing. That Michael Harris kid had been there and he hadn't ever given up. That's what I have to give him. I have to give, it, give him credit for having that stick to it, keeping his nose clean, working hard, and now he was one for three in, in the game, although we lost the game. But with the help of the Lord, if he stay healthy, I think he has a chance to do some wonderful things wonderful thing for the Braves organization.
0: The man with one of the greatest nicknames in baseball history, the Roadrunner, Ralph Gard, joining Sam and Greg. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 92.9TheGame.com. I mentioned earlier that when you left the Braves, you went to the south side of Chicago. I was a young man growing up at that time and one of the things I remember was that Bill Vec team and the things that he did and made them guys jump through and w- forgive me I think those are the years but I'm not sure uh, were you there for the short pants and what was that like being told <laughs> you had to try, you, you had to put them pants on to go out and play baseball.
2: Well, you know, when I was raised, and it was just like Hank Aaron played, me. I wasn't there to run the team. I was there to play baseball. And Mr. <laughs> Beck was a promoter, and he made a lot of money like that, and he helped a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't really there trying to trying to, uh, say whether I de- liked or didn't like. I was there to play baseball. And the shots, to me, it wasn't nothing that was – out of there for me because you played baseball in Sharks before, so I just enjoyed it very much because Mr. Beck was very nice to me and my family and even I don't think he didn't try to do anything that hurt the game of baseball. You know, he didn't want to came up with the midget and stuff. So Mr. Beck was a great promoter, and he was great for the game of baseball. And I take my hat off to him because he was good to me and my family in so many ways. Really, I don't have no whole lot of bad experiences of people that I came in contact with, with the foundation that Mr. Aaron laid with me and Dusty Baker. I couldn't act for him anymore, you know. So I just played the game of baseball on the south side, side and we had a one he put that them shots on and people came out and watched it, and that's one of the all except that disco night. Other than that, it was great for the game of baseball, I think.
0: I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I knew that DJ Steve Dahl who did that out there. That was in '79. But but I, I got to ask you. You know, this is Bill Veck, the guy who put Harry Carey at a, and you know in the center field in a, in, a, in a shower. He did all kinds of stuff out there. But for those of in our audience, and it's unfortunate that we we have this. You know, there's a lot of people 35 and under. A that didn't know your nickname, and B where you got it from. So the Road Runner, again, one of the greatest names. In baseball history, what who gave you that? Where'd that come from?
2: Well, uh, uh, Warner Brothers, the Atlanta Braves, Mr. Bob Hope. He was remote, He worked for the Atlanta Braves in the in the in, in, in the in the in the Department of Publications and stuff and everything, entertainment. And he the one called. It, I was copyrighted. I, I I was given that name copyrighted. They called Warner Brothers and gave me the name. Asked him could he use the name Road Runner and Warner Brothers? Okay, And that's the way I became a copyright number named the Road Runner, and it slipped with me from the time I started until this day. And I was so glad that he did it; it was a wonderful thing.
0: Man, that, that's a, see now I wonder he doesn't get the check, but they get they had to get permission from the actual studio yeah to use it yeah, because got, cause it was going to be the, broadcast. He got the
2: permission yeah. from Warner
1: Brothers. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And shout out to Bob Hope who was doing things.
2: Yeah, you couldn't Braves. do that if you hadn't had the permission.
1: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant PR man in this town. Folks, we're spending time with R- Ralph Gar, uh, Atlanta Braves legend and also product of an HBCU. The HBCU All-Star Baseball game is coming up uh, this week at Truist Park. The Braves are going to be hosting it, and it benefits the Henry Lewis Aaron Fund. Uh, you are a product of HBCU uh, Baseball at Grambling. Tell us about Baseball at Grambling. And what was it like? And, and who, you, who your rivals? Who, who who your rivals back then? Who did you love to play? Who did you hate to play?
2: Right, well, you well, you learned learn to pay all of them because it was great. Southern Southern University, and Jackson State, was Beck Rivers then, and then Ralph Waldo Emerson was the president of the college when I was at Gramlin. Mm-hmm. and he was the head baseball coach. So we played. I was able to play for the president there, and Coach Eddie Robinson was the athletic director. So I was able to have a lot of history behind me there at Gremlin. and I was able to go in in 1967 and have a wonderful year and, was, and led the nation in hitting and then end up being drafted by the Atlanta Braves and that's one of the better things could happen to me and my family.
1: My goodness, my goodness, to come here. Talk about these young people getting a chance to come and play at a big league stadium uh, this week uh, as products of HBCUs. Talk about the opportunity that that that, that awaits them. It's going to be a, a great experience for them.
0: Well. The
2: Braves have been really out front as far as doing some things as far as the HBCU. You know, we have the Ralph Garbill Lucas Classic. We had it for the last two years in February at Gwinnett. It's a wonderful program, and we're going to have it again next year. It's about the 23rd of February of next year. And then I'm looking forward to that again. But the HBCU Classic that they're having now with the Henry Aaron Foundation, Atlanta Braves. All the people there and Miss Billy Aaron and them supporting the HBCUs there in Atlanta. It's a wonderful thing. And for Atlanta to be at the forefront of this, it's just a wonderful feeling to be a part of that. And for me to be a product of HBCU uh, uh, colleges is it, just a wonderful thing. And it's really growing. And a lot of young ball players in the HBCUs are being seen. And really they've always been seen, but it's not easy to get to the major league. But for you to have a young man to come up through like this young man, Micah Harris had, and for me to have went through it and to have had some success there, it's a wonderful thing. It can be done. We just have to work hard, put ourselves in the best position we can to try to have success as far as being a ball player from the HBCU, sir.
0: You know, Ralph, you had to have mixed emotions last year when the World Series hit. You had your yeah, Braves yeah. in it, but, man, your boy was coaching, was managing the other team. I, you know, you, It probably had to make you feel a certain kind of way when you watched that.
2: It made me feel great. I was a winner. I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have no <laughs> lose for me. No, the team was going to win, and the Braves were the best team well. that, that last year. So that's the part us, but we had, we had, we had we the Braves put together. I have to give, my, uh, uh, give our uh, – General Manager, all kind of, all kind of credit, cr- 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 all kind of credit in the world. He put together when Acuna went down, they came up with them. He went out and Alex went out and got those three kids that uh, uh, are and and the Oddfielder there, and then Severio, and then the pitchers and the bullpen were pitching good. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I have to tell you this here. I think Acuna getting hurt. It, it wasn't a good thing, but that's one of the things that put him, could have swirled the turn and to put us in a position to be able to play in the World Series. And to win it, we, it was wonderful. And for me to sit there and watch Dusty Baker and in the, in the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves play in the World Series, I was there at every game watching it and pulling for both of them. I just wanted all of them to stay safe. And, and and nobody don't get seriously hurt, all I was asking. And the best team would win. I was so glad to be a part of that. And I'm here now in Houston now, and I go watch Justin Baker manage now, and he's doing a wonderful job right now. So, you know, the Atlanta Braves have contributed so much to the game of baseball. And Henry Aaron has been at the forefront the whole time. You know, Bobby Cox was from the Braves. Cedo Gaston was from the Braves. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker from the Braves. You know, we done play great players. We have a manager that go to Sherry, that we all in this together. You give us an opportunity, and we will contribute good things to whatever needs to be done to help make things better for the game of baseball in the Atlanta Braves organization too.
1: And there's another f- person that's been with that is Bill Lucas, and that's another story. We 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 could talk all day about him because he's yes. at the root of all the names you just mentioned.
0: Every bit of it.
1: Well, we thank you for for spending some time time with us this morning. Uh, and Greg, before he leaves, we're
0: going to give you this Ralph. We can't let you go without one time doing this.
1: Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Thank
0: you so very much. Ralph Gar uh, listen. God bless you, fellas. You too, sir. Enjoy Thank the rest of your holiday weekend. You. Thank
2: you. You have a wonderful day, and thanks for calling.
0: All right. that Listen, let's recap this in a minute. We're going back here. It's Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 929 gamecom Take us with you on the Odyssey app. They're
2: playing
3: basketball. We love that
0: basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Uh, Deshaun, you've just been given this as your theme song. I don't know what Terrell's going to say about that, but... You can just say you've been with us longer. So. Deshaun Tate, joining Sam and Greg here. Good morning, sir. Good hey, morning, to okay. guys. I morning. you
3: guys, uh, per usual, for having me. Yeah. Thank you much. Playing basketball. Basketball's still going on.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, wait. Before you do anything, because we, we put this aside when Ralph Gar came on the last segment. Good morning, Judge. Morning. And a special holiday morning to you fine folks in
1: Lovejoy. And Lovejoy, Lovejoy, down in wonderful, uh, wonderful Clayton County. Okay. Yeah, man.
0: You been down there, Deshaun? Uh, it's
3: been quite some time since I've been.
1: Okay. 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 They play some good. They play some good basketball little, now. Little, been, they play, been, they play some good basketball while. now. The girl, the girls' this basketball team, you know,
0: they they, they own it now. Ooh, there. I got to bring you up on something. Sam said a little while ago, a couple segments ago, when we were talking about Georgia State and their new facility, and okay. and him and, okay. and and Eric were kind of having visions of grandeur that maybe the folks that run the state tournament might consider leaving Macon and bringing that right up here to Atlanta and Georgia State using their facility. Sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know that folks think of you as mostly college basketball and a little bit of pros, but I ain't heard you dip your toe into high school basketball and, and make that truck down there for that.
3: Yeah, I can get down with a little bit of high school and listen. I mean, they've got uh, me and Sam. We talk all the time. One of the 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 biggest events that you can have, talking about high school basketball, right down there in in, in, in North Augusta, South Carolina, Peach Jam E Nike E Y B L is going to mm-hmm. be coming up. You got a lot of really good talent. I just saw you guys remember Milt Wagner, okay? Yeah. DeJuan Wagner, yep. scored a hundred points in high school and played with Cleveland Cavaliers in Memphis. Got a son now named DJ Wagner, the very first three generation ever to be number one in their class and McDonald's All-American, Milt Wagner, DJ Wagner, and um, and, uh, and, and 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 dad. Hey, this is uh, LeBron's kid. That's another one. They faced each other last night. So you got you know it's, it's, it's a little bit different. The game is played a little different now between different eras and generations, but. Still
0: good brands of basketball that was a, played. That was a great nugget. And that's something? I'm just telling you, that's why we ain't hanging around him for nothing. That's
1: why we have him on, folks. As Deshaun. As Deshaun. He is social. You can find him on Twitter, on the Twitter, as he likes to tell you, at Takes Take Hoops, at Takes Take Hoops. All right, all right, we, we're down to uh, getting one more game, a uh, Game 7. This game, game 7 is always special. We think it's going to be a good game. I mean, when it's Game 7 with Golden State and Phoenix, that wasn't too good. Uh, but what are we expecting from this particular game seven uh, between uh, Boston and Miami?
3: Oh, physicality! And, and listen, this is this is what it's all this is what it's all about. This is where you know we 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 we, we you know grow up and whether you're in the driveway or at the park on the blacktop, wherever what have you. Three, two, one. You're counting down. You're shooting the basket. That's what all of this is about. Who's going to the finals? Is game seven? This is what. Where, where 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 dreams are you know become reality and all those different things. Um, in terms of the matchup, I mean, I just always thought that this was as fifty fifty and close as it could get. I thought it was going seven the whole time prior to the uh, to it starting. But I think in regards to those X factors, I mean, listen, you can't be the Jason Tatum that's ready to take the next step, you know. And I think that's what we've been slowly seeing with a lot of the NBA is. Kind of the the passing of the torch, maybe just a little bit. You know, Trey making it to the conference finals last year, Luca making it this year, Booker one of those young guys. Aiden last year. You know, potentially Jalen Brown and Tatum on this one, and even Marcus Smart, who is very, uh, you know, um, plays both sides of the ball probably better than anybody else in 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 the NBA. And then you got Jimmy Butler, so you got some you got some star power there. And Miami's looking to make it back for what two in the last three years going to the NBA Finals, so it's going to be tight. But I expect a lot of physicality.
0: Sam and Greg Sports Radio, ninety the game, ninety the game um, Deshaun Tate joining us here. I, I was sitting there thinking about what you were saying, and this is why he's so attracted to a game like tonight because it does remind you of the tournament, which is what his wheelhouse is, right? The NCA is one Absolutely. and done, one and done. It's yeah. winter, go home. Uh, all winter that stuff. All that other stuff is conversation. And it would be interesting if, if the Celtics win it, because I have said this, you got, you got doppelgangers in Marcus Smart and, and uh, Dray- Draymond. The two of them mm-hmm. are pretty much the same and kind of cancel each other out, although I think Marcus Smart shoots better. But the fact that they've had this struggle with a Miami team that's got one guy who, by I mean is playing out of his brain but not getting the help you thought you were going to get from, from from Bam and, and, and Tyler Hero, who got injured. that Jimmy Butler is doing something we haven't seen in a superstar in a while. Now, we don't know if he's going to get past this Game 7, but what have you seen – or, excuse me, how would you describe what you've seen from him during these playoffs and how he's carried this team?
3: There were some games where Jimmy also mentioned how, you know, he felt like he kind of let the team down some of the games prior – uh, to game six and how he kind of had to step up his game he talked about he talked to Dwayne Wade and so forth and all that good stuff and I don't know who he's gonna have to talk to tonight uh, but to get to, to get past this one but um, you know when you start talking about players, that are just uh, have that competitive edge, that competitive nature. It's got to come out on this one. You can talk about Marcus Smart. We just got on talking about guys like he and Draymond Green that are kind of, you know, kind of come from some of those rougher backgrounds and rough edges and so forth like that. That's not the only one. You also have a guy who's a proven winner on the other team who does all the dirty work, feel like he look like somebody's stepdaddy out there, talking about P.J. Tucker. He's a guy that just won a championship on last year. You got someone. Miami is all about culture, and I think that that's he right. fits it very well. They've got to be making their shots from outside. I don't know if that's Duncan Robinson. I think Victor Oladipo, the addition and him coming back, has been you know a, 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 a major component uh, for this team as well. Kyle Lowry, Max Struess. I mean, the way that this team is put together, I personally feel like they are the better matchup. Uh, next up for Golden State uh but this is it, it's it's really fifty fifty. the crazy part is and I don't know if this is gonna become a question later or not if not I guess I beat you to the punch. who is the better attraction for because everybody's just shooing in Golden State. I think that that team would be Miami uh personally uh but one thing they gotta do they gotta make those shots uh from outside and uh, I, I I think those are that that's another piece that you will say with with Boston being you know. Jason Tatum uh, and, and Jalen Brown, two guys that probably can't fit and mix well together. They've gotten this far, uh, so it's going to be
1: interesting to see what happens from here. Spending time on the Wait4Com hotline with Deshaun Tate. Uh, joining us always, he loves basketball, he loves the game, and we're at the very best part of the pro season right now, getting set to go into the NBA Finals. How would you assess these post these playoffs? Um, you would mentioned March Madness, and to me, and to a degree, yeah. it's kind of been like March Madness. I mean, they're playing a series instead of one sure. game. The unpredictability, the, the the defending champion that go out, the teams of both teams that won, that played in the finals last year, go out. A team in Boston that looked like they were dead in the water at midseason. Now they went away from being in the finals. How do you sum up what we've seen in this postseason?
3: Yeah, a lot of it, if you look at, you know, what has transpired the last few years in the NBA – I mean, a lot of people would say with the Hawks making Eastern Conference Finals last year, and then prior to that, I think, you know, we saw Denver make a surprise run this year. I don't know, maybe Dallas especially with the upset over Phoenix. A lot of it does include some unpredictability. Um, uh, One thing I feel like we almost been able to predict is is blowout games, and that's not something that is very appealing to the eye, obviously, and I think has – Affected some of the viewership a little bit, especially with regardless as to who, whichever one of these teams, I mean, you're going to have some decent ratings, but they're going up against golden state. Um, I'm not sure what that's going to do. I couldn't imagine that that's going to be looked at in a very good light, Uh, but nonetheless, listen, it's, it's still the NBA finals at the end of the day, find a way for one of these teams to go up in any way against golden state in the next round, whichever one of the teams that it is, they can go up, 1-0, 1-0, they can go up 2-1, to one, whatever the case, and then that's when you're going to be able to start seeing a little bit more eyes that are placed on this game in, in, in regards to the range. But as far as, you know, the, uh, how predictable that it's been, it, it, it's been unpredictable with the exception of, you know, some of the deficits that we have seen uh, that many of the teams haven't been able to come back from.
0: Talking basketball with Deshaun Tate, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 the Game.com. All right, I drew a picture earlier. I'm not an artist. I stink at drawing. But it, it, I see this as a painting. And the painting is Michael Jordan on some sort of mountaintop. right? And he's in a big, you know, like a king's throne, right? He's smoking his cigar, and he's just being Michael Jordan. And coming up the mountain right there at the top, there is a picture of LeBron. LeBron looking up at Michael saying, Hey, you got some room up there? meaning you get that analogy, right? We all do the LeBron and Michael thing. But if Golden State wins this year, that same picture could put LeBron up there in the king's chair for this generation. right? Michael's retired. This generation, it's LeBron's. There's no question about that. But with Curry winning his fourth, which would equal LeBron's, and he ain't been to ten finals like LeBron, but having four, having a few MVP trophies, it's more like, yeah, we think this is LeBron's, but can you make a case for Curry to be up there going, excuse me, you want to move over to make some space for me? Because I deserve to be up here too. When you, de- How do you define his career in this age of LeBron if he wins this?
3: Yeah, maybe not up there as far as greatest of all time outside of his ability to shoot, uh, but he's certainly a winner. Um, you, you start looking at this, he's – I can't even say he's the best point guard of all time, some guy named Irvin. Uh, you may have heard of him before. Most people haven't. They know him by magic, but nonetheless. Uh, but uh, but I think he's in the conversation even for that. If he wins another championship, of course you got the big O. We can go old school for a second. Talk about Oscar Robertson. Yeah,
0: but Deshaun, Robertson. I'm talking this generation. Uh, I'm just talking this generation. LeBron earns oh, it. When, just this yeah, yeah, cause oh, Yeah, yeah. Because since Michael he, retired, yeah, it's been sure. LeBron's league. Okay, we can agree with that. With with I, I take this back because there's actually the the bridge between the two is Kobe. It's Kobe. All right, so let's not. For for, sure. I don't want to forget that. But since you know, Kobe retired, it's been LeBron. And I'm saying before we end this LeBron reign, could you make that case if Curry wins this one, this fourth?
1: Uh,
3: I think that you can certainly make the case. He doesn't necessarily, like you said, have the appearances, He has the championships, but, I mean, do you quantify Tim Duncan as this generation? And I was going to bring that. Yeah, and I was.
0: I put them with Kobe, right? Yeah, that's also Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. For sure. If
3: if this is part of Kobe's generation, it's also part of Tim Duncan's generation as well. Um, But he's he's, he's definitely well within the conversation. I think that uh, with everything he's been able to accomplished in the way they, you know, he also changed the game in many ways, made people want to be just like him. Just go watch some of those high school games we were just talking about, guys shooting from 30-something feet out. Uh, So I think he's definitely in the conversation for that if he wins another championship. And if I'm just being honest – You know, whether he wins another championship or not, again, I think he's in the conversation. He's probably not at the top. I don't know if he surpasses LeBron James just because of all the things that LeBron has done. No, I agree with that. Forget about just just being the greatest of all time in terms of all-around player, but when we start looking at most accomplished players, I think that is where LeBron James is going to hold that mantle a little bit higher than Steph Curry just based off of the individual accomplishments.
1: Yep. We're uh, wrapping things up here with Deshaun Tate. Uh, he, once again, he is social. You can find him on Twitter at takes takes hoops. Uh, Darvin Ham, and since we talked about LeBron James and talk about point guards, they got one out mm-hmm. there in LA. They're not sure what they're going to do with with the Lakers. He a good pick for them, and what's he going to bring for them to make them get back in the conversation?
3: I'll be honest with you, I, I I I don't know. I know that the I know that that's not really a very popular thing to say, but. Um, i are looking at someone who's a first-time head coach like that, but you got to have someone that's very relatable to the players, and that is what exactly what he was. I mean, a lot of people felt the same way. I don't know what type of coach Tyron Lu is going to be, but we ended up finding out. So there are some opportunities that he's getting. I mean, that's to get your first crack at it. You know, that is going to be uh, quite the shoes to fill or quite the job to have, but uh, I think it's doable. Uh, you obviously don't get put in these positions without the blessings of a, of, of someone like a LeBron James, uh, and that's a, that that that's that's not just that's not the Clippers like the like Tyron Lewis coaching some of these other teams or or, or, or Cleveland uh, or any of those. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. They hold more rings and banners up there than anybody. So I mean, the pressure is on. But you see what I mean? Udoka has been able to do this past year. By the way, how about half of the NBA? Uh, has African-American head coaches, too. That's a, a a pretty big deal. But congratulations to Darvin him. We'll have to wait it out and see.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Sean, we always appreciate you spending some time with us as we get set for the NBA Finals and uh, see what the showdown is going to be, whether it be Miami or Boston. We know Golden State is next. And we know we can come and check in with you. Yeah, man. Just, you know, yeah,
0: we know sure. where you're at you. now. I, I appreciate <laughs> no, I
1: appreciate you
3: guys for having me. And we gotta do this again. Don't forget, a little less than a month, the Atlanta Hawks got some big decisions to make. It's almost draft time, so keep your eyes and your ears open for that too.
0: See, again, hey, anyway, why we hang this is a great to end the show. But this <laughs> dude is he's gold every time he comes on. Deshaun Tate. Man, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, Deshaun. Thanks, Deshaun. I appreciate it. You guys as well. Thank you. All right. Uh that is Deshaun Tate. Take's take, right? You are gonna give the uh his, his, his. Oh, he didn't say it. Takes, oh, take.
3: Go ahead. Of course. At takes, at takes, Take Hoops, where basketball lives. The best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and, of course, the most educational basketball content in the form of a, of, of a podcast.
0: There you go. And the best one in the tri-state area. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Deshaun. we got to recap some of the things that we uh, we just had a great conversation with Ralph Gar, the roadrunner. And there's a couple things that he said we want to spend a couple times in giving our Um, thoughts on, and I know there's a couple people that he mentioned, Sam, I know you want to mention, that deserve a little bit more time. So we're going to do that next. Get you ready for today's matchup. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Game 92.9thegame.com Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Force radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. i, I got to tell you something. I tripped on, and Eric, I want to bring you in on this. I'm not a big fan of all of them, but I watched a couple of them, and this being the first one that really catapulted it and what it became was those carpool karaoke's. They're fun. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Stevie did, like, the first one was George Michael, which was kind of ironic because James Corden was actually still I don't know if he was actually doing the late show at that point, but he was stand up in England and you know had one of those fun fundraisers before, before he passed, obviously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, <wouldn't> that, <laughs> that would be a story, wouldn't it? it yeah. Anyway,
0: I, uh, I I found myself watching again, and I hadn't seen it in forever. Probably shortly after he did it, that carpool karaoke with Stevie Wonder. I, I have I got to go out and look at that you one. You haven't seen this it. one? No. This uh, is the one that catapulted. That's, when Stevie Wonder does it, uh, then everybody else jumped in line. They want Adele, and Madonna, and Bruno Mars, and so on and so forth. There's a long line of people who did it. But the one with Stevie, it's not the fact that, you know, they did the obviously driving joke, and then they, you know, did take, his take, hits, take, which you did. Take the wheel. <laughs> but James Corden did what everybody in the world would do if you had Stevie Wonder sitting next to you. And that is he and he called his lady. In case his wife. And mm-hmm. yeah, man, and did that song. And dude just started crying. Cause he started he had Stevie Wonder singing that song to his wife. And then Stevie changed the words and said, James, just called to say and I mean, the rest of us, we'd have hit a tree. Because <laughs> I mean, we'd have been we'd have been crying so much, man. But you get that, you can act a fool for the next ten years.
1: Is that the best late night bit? When you think about late-night no. bits. late it's night close. Bits. Is it close? Is it be- is better than Jay Leno? Jay Leno Jay, nothing.
0: Walker? There ain't nothing on Jay Leno that was just worthy Carson, of Johnny Carson Karnak? No, I got one better than that. Well, not Carnac. you Oh, man. No, man, but one put, is better than that, put, and put. it could go on forever. And that's Letterman's Stupid Pet Tricks. Okay. Because you're always going to have pets. you always going have people training. I say train. Larry Bud Melman. But no, no, go, no, no, no. Stupid Pet Tricks is just, you know. Oh, you know the one I love
1: that was on on uh Leno. Was uh, the fruitcake lady? That was funny. Okay, I
0: have, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. I don't know nothing <laughs> about that one either.
1: Go go go, go 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 to YouTube and look up Jay Leno fruitcake lady. It's this lady who she was about mid nineties, seemed like, and she would come on and give young people advice, life Fruit advice. Cake. Okay. Oh, and, and, and you know, somebody that age, yeah, right? They're, right, gonna, they're right. gonna say whatever they feel. If they hurt you, feeling too bad. Oh, it was a, it was a scream, man. <laughs> it was great stuff. Okay. So I just wonder, but I think Corden's late night, I think, and that's something we're gonna miss. Obviously, it's gonna show up somewhere else uh, with him doing it because that's what he's coming out for. But, but it, you know,
0: it has to land in a way that's unique because everybody's trying stuff, right? Jimmy Fallon's trying, and all about getting content. It's not the show anymore. It's yep. about what you can produce that everybody's going to be replaying the next day.
1: And it's kind of like a different spin on what, what Seinfeld is doing with people riding in cars to get coffee. Yeah. You put somebody yeah. famous in your car with you, you're having a conversation with him, well, he's put them in there, and they sing.
0: But so there's, only a f- there's only a handful of people that fall into that category like Stevie Wonder because if you start getting – you know, rock singers or other kind of singers from he's a different. A, he said a, a Paul McCartney in there with him. He said right? Paul, well, Paul McCartney did that for other reasons too. He was kind of promoting something else too, but yeah. both of them went back home to England and they did their right. thing there. And, and that was cool. But once Stevie Wonder did it, people found ways to get next to him to do this and then started promoting. You know, some stuff that they had. But, yeah, that was that was kind of cool. So I want to play some Stevie for you. Uh, Sam and Greg, Switch Radio, 929 the Game 92.9thegame.com. We're going to turn things over to Nick Kale, top of the hour, on this holiday weekend. I haven't even mentioned uh, that we should just say once, I, and I will have only said it once because I didn't say it early in the show. Be careful out there this weekend. Yes. Y'all, it's an amateur weekend. And if you're new to the show or new to hearing me, I got one thing that actually is relevant that I've come up with in all years of radio, and it applies now. There are eight amateur nights of the year. New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, the, four, the three summer holidays this weekend, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, Halloween night, Super Bowl Sunday. Those are the amateur nights slash days of the year. And I say that is because those are the days that people who don't normally drink and drive are drinking and driving. So be very, very careful out yeah.
1: there. I mean, we, and we started our broadcast with uh, with an update on the roads. Uh, that's was, right. Uh, there was a, there was a, uh, an in- incident on I-85 South that uh, stopped the traffic for almost two hours. Um, there was nothing. And all lanes were blocked. That's been cleared away now. So, uh,
0: yeah, a reminder. It we ain't isn't. got no time going to visit and our listeners. We would, but we just ain't got no time for it. We really don't want to. Let's put a uh, pin in our uh, poll question, if we could, Eric. Today's question uh, on the heels of the Indianapolis 500. What one-day event, sporting event here in America, would you like to attend? Got a lot of people complaining about the fact that I didn't include this, didn't include that, things that are part of a seven-game series or you know finals of the March Madness. Listen, I had to choose three. Right? And I didn't even put Super Bowl Sunday in because we knew that would win. So we gave you three. We gave you uh, Indianapolis 500, Daytona 500, and um, what was my third one here? And Kentucky Derby or other, and other could be all those other ones. So, so what is the final tally there, Mr. Slaughter? Well, the Kentucky Derby is running away with it at this point. Um, they're up to – 50 percent okay and then the indy 500 is bringing in 20 and others still bringing in a high 30 some percent so so nobody wants to do a daytona 500 no, you're saying? looks that way huh? it maybe it may it's because if you ask this question in january maybe we get a different answer that, well you might <laughs> be right you might be right um listen we got to spend some time talking about the interview we had at the top of this hour that was special i had um i had met ralph gar at a couple fantasy camps i got the, i got the privilege of privilege going to years ago. I mean, the guy, when he, you stopped him, you got a story. And throughout the course of the week, he was telling stories. I got to quickly just say, well, we were talking to him, he mentioned his time with the White Sox, and I had asked him about wearing those shorts that Bill Vec put in these players. Ron LaFleur, remember him? Yeah. He made a movie about that dude. Remember mm-hmm. when, it, when it was a thing when you, an athlete went to jail? Yeah. That was like a thing, right? Something uh, played by uh, LeVar Burton. Right. Right. Anyway, he was out there wearing them short pants, and Ralph was remembering his days of, of playing there, and he, mis- <laughs> he mentioned everything was cool except Disco Demolition. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, what, Eric, do you know what Disco Demolition was? No, I do not. There was a DJ, a very famous DJ. He was to the Midwest what Howard Stern is to to New York, and what re- became the rest of the country. And a guy named Steve Dahl was the name, and he had a partner named Gary Meyer, and Steve Dahl. Was a rock? He loved rock, right? Okay. So, and he was a White Sox fan. So, there was a promotion one night with his radio station and him out at White Sox, and it was a doubleheader. <laughs> and he told his fans to come to this game and bring a record. A, a you know, when you used to buy records, right? Disc- a forty-five, a yeah. disco record. A a, a yes, man, a disco record. disco record. And he planned, and he had this contraption out on the field. They were bringing it out during between the games. And he was going to blow up a box of disco records. Okay, I I think I've heard this story once before. So (laughs) first game ends. (laughs) First game ends. uh, They get out there and they do the promotion. And they blow up these disco records. Well, the blowing up of the records didn't go as planned. And the fire kind of got spread out a little bit. But that's not really what happened. What happened was, I don't know how many thousands of kids. Now think about this. Brought records, and they started flinging them from one end of the stadium to the other. Now you Frizen. know how you can th- <laughs> thank you, and you had all these people. Right fielders are getting you know sitting there, and all of a sudden something from left field comes right in the middle of your forehead, and people were getting wounded left and right. They canceled the second game. Wow! So that was disco demolition. That's what, and and that's they they, they
1: used to give <laughs> they used to give people things like that when they would come to games. They, bats. they used to give you baseball and bats. They stopped doing those things. Yeah. Because folks would do, you know, yeah, with alcohol. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I yeah. actually became
0: friends with that. that with Steve Dahl for a we don't, minute. We don't have we don't,
1: have we don't have bat day at games
0: anymore. <laughs> no, no, none of that. But Ralph and and he he brought up a couple names of some people, and I know you want to talk about one of them because I didn't know this person, but um, well, he was more. Them, a couple of
1: them. he talked about Ralph Waldo Emerson who was the, president. One. You know, he was the president of Grambling and the baseball coach. Okay. Uh, and that was during the time of, of, of Eddie Robinson. He was talking about some people that really, 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 you know, had an influence on him as a player, but also in life. But also we talk about uh, Bill Lucas and people who were not living here in the time when he was the general manager of the team, when Ted Turner bought the Braves, uh, he, he made him the, uh, the manager. And he was the first African-American general manager in Major League Baseball. And he was here in Atlanta. And, um, a lot of people don't remember him or, or don't talk about him, but you just heard him rattle off the names of people who became managers from Dusty Baker to Cito Gaston to Bobby Cox, and those are all people who came up during the time when Bill Lucas was working for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he had a tremendous job to do here in this town because at the time Fulton County Stadium was built, it was not popular in that neighborhood. A lot of people were very. This man was hired by the Braves, and he walked the streets of that summer hill out in that area and said people, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to have jobs. You know, you're gonna. This is gonna be for you. He put a playground at the corner of the ballpark for the for the children of the community to be able to come out and play. And I remember seeing this when my family would come to games before we moved here.
0: That's right. You were driving in from Birmingham. you we were right? coming
1: from Birmingham, and I was coming in. And the first thing I noticed was how many black folk worked at this ballpark. I mean, we had baseball games in Birmingham. You see a many black folk working in the Rickwood Field right. for the minor league games. And I found out later on that these people were the coaches. These were these were the coaches at the schools in the area. The coaches right now, coaches got a coach year round. High right. school coach. That's when they had summer off. So the summer jobs, right. coaches out there re- re- working the ticket office, ripping tickets and whatnot. And so you know, almost every high school coach in the area had a job doing high school. People who worked down in the community had jobs with the stadium. And Bill Lucas did this and climbed the ladder through the Braves organization, um, you know, farm system. And when Ted Turner came on, says, "You've done everything else in this organization." You're my guy, and unfortunately, a year and a half after being in the job, he suffered an aneurysm and passed away. Wow! So, um, but what a legacy! You see his name on the street um, over. in – But now. see, the people don't know. They they say his the name. People, they go, "Who's that?" But people don't know what what, what 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 he did, and it's a pretty amazing story.
0: All right, that was a great. That was a great interview, though. I mean, that was Ralph was Ralph. In oh that. yeah, man! I very mean, much, from, very the, much. from the from st- the stuff, the, the, the background noises to everything else, <laughs> yep. it was it was beautiful, and I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to him. But again, I, I you got to wonder: Did you know that his, that was his nickname, Eric? I, I'll be honest with you: I had only heard of him very slightly before you guys brought him on. I had heard his name before, but right. I didn't know much about him. And when he hit that line, and he started that midget. <laughs> 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 I almost fell I Almost fell out my chair over here. <laughs> Okay. Uh so anyway. <laughs> it is. It's, it's like talking it's like waking your grandfather up before the dinner, right? He's like, Hey grandpa, what's and then he just starts. Yeah.
1: You but know? but but it was and where it came from though, and obviously you asked the question I did. of him watching the World Series last year. I knew it. Knowing that he had played for the Braves. Right. But he was a friend and teammate of Dusty Baker and both of them had Hank Aaron as their mentor. Right. That had to have been, you know, like I said, quite he said he enjoyed it. Because the right uh, team won. Yeah, but. I guess so. I guess so. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you you asked the question. I think that was the the that drew the best
0: response from him. That's anyway, right. we can't thank him enough for being a part of the show. We usually end this with the dump of things that I had of insignificant information, but let's end it on that high spot here uh, because it's really. You know, I and whatever it. it is, save
1: it. We're gonna come back tomorrow. Yeah, we
0: are. Yeah, we're gonna do it tomorrow.
1: Bob, Hope's and birthday. save it. It's okay.
0: Been, well, no, I was gonna say it was JFK's birthday. Okay. And All Faye right. Vincent. Okay. Because we're talking baseball, so that's about it. And yeah. The rest of it, say save it. Yeah, I'll save it till tomorrow. Coco Golf, I
1: think, just won. You think a French Open, yeah, Oh, because it's a won. commercial up. We can't yeah, tell. Yeah, I, I, think, I think she just won.
0: it. <laughs> Listen, you guys have a great day. Uh, whatever you're doing, you're heading out of town, maybe just for a one day trip on Memorial Day, but we'll be here tomorrow morning. And as a matter of fact, I can tell you who we got coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk to Karen Pistana, get an update on the French Open. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk to uh, Corey McCartney, find out what's going on with these Braves and his thoughts on Major League Baseball. And speaking of all-time great Braves, Marquise Grissom is going
1: to join us tomorrow. A mentor to Michael Harris. And um, we'll anxiously hear, hear what he has to say about his protege taking over his old job center field with the Braves.
0: Okay. All right, you can hit the music in. We're out now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ramble on there. Anyway, it's Sam and Greg. Eric Slaughter, thank you for everything you did Thanks, for Eric, us today. Thanks, Eric. this morning. The rest of you have yourself a wonderful and safe day and have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Me, me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,